So Saudi Arabia just announced that they actually brokered the U.S.-Russia negotiations for the Brittany Griner deal. We're going to go through everything that's involved with this, so stay tuned. But folks, the meeting of the minds is coming up. Human Events Daily, War Room with Steve Bannon, Timcast IRL, The Charlie Kirk Show, Tucker Carlson, even Dr. Taylor Marshall are all going to be doing our shows live out of one location, and that location is America Fest. This meeting of the minds is a working meeting, and your presence is requested. Go over to amfest.com right now. Use promo code POSO. A great Christmas present if you want to bring your, your, your friends, your family, you want to send your kids, your grandkids down to America Fest. It's December 17th to the 20th, Phoenix, Arizona. You can watch online on RAV, but being there in person is a non-replicable event. Be there. Ampest.com, promo code POSO. Let's get into it. So, um, as I've said before, uh, this negotiation was between the U.S. government and Russia. Um, and uh, that's how we were able to secure uh, Britney's, uh, Britney's uh, release. And I, won't have, I don't have anything further to share on that. Uh, so there, was, there were U.S. officials on the, on the background call this morning thanking the Emiratis, for example, uh, but there was no explicit mention of MBS on the role he played. I mean, are, is the administration still extending um, their gratitude or their thank you uh, to? So again, the only countries that negotiated uh, this deal were the United States and Russia. And there was no mediation uh, involved. We are grateful for the uh, UAE, as the president mentioned, as I am mentioning now, for facilitating uh, the use of their territory for the exchange to take place. Uh, we are also grateful to other countries, including Saudi Arabia, that released the issue of our wrongfully detained Americans with uh, Russian government uh, that raised that issue. Uh, but uh, again, I don't have anything more to say. But when it comes to her release, it was between the U.S. government and Russia. We should, and I am, uh, in the process when the, when the uh, uh, this House and Senate gets back, there's, they're going to have to, uh, there's going to be some consequences for what they've done with Russia. What kind of consequences? Menendez says suspend all arms sales. Is that something you'd consider? I'm not going to get into what I'd consider and what I have in mind, but there will be, there will be consequences. Well, well, well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is December 8th, 2022, Anno Domine. Today, you just heard there, you just heard the Biden administration claiming that Saudi Arabia had nothing to do with the release of Brittany Griner in exchange for the merchant of death. The, the merchant of death himself, Victor Blout, Victor Bout, who, who, by the way, you know, uh, the world's second largest arms dealer after the United States, because you want to talk about merchant of death. If you want to talk about who's funding terrorist groups, who's funding insurgent elements, who's conducted regime changes all around the world, you might want to take a drive down to Langley and you might want to pick up the phone and call Barack Obama. You might want to talk to the Biden family. You want to talk to the Clintons. We can have a whole discussion 
of who's funded what groups over the years. You can talk to Ronald Reagan about that, too. Let's be a little bit bipartisan with this, but we really have to get into this discussion. And so that's why joining me today as co-host for the show is Limmy Emmons. She is back from her. her she was she was on sabbatical. She was gone. She was totally not working. Olivia was at a at a very, very hush hush, very secret closed door meeting in Washington, D.C. Uh, that we, uh, we shall not refer to. However, uh, we're very happy to have you back. Libby, what do you think about this deal and the fact that the it, it, and you listen to you listen to Jean, Jean Pierre, Jean Pierre there. She says the Saudis they didn't broker the deal. But then she says, wait, wait, she does say. But they did convey all they did was convey our messages to their Russian counterparts. I'm like, mm-hmm. so they were involved in the deal. They were involved in the but, deal. Yeah. You're trying to deny it, but you're actually admitting that they did play a role. So you're arguing semantics here. Um, I think that's right. I think there's a lot of chum in the water. And and please give us your thoughts. Yeah, I, I agree on that uh, on that chum. It seems to be all over the place. We had uh, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, coming out with a statement this morning talking about um, how they were happy to be involved in uh, brokering this arrangement. And then we have the White House, of course, coming out and denying it. This also is, uh, you know, a week after, a little more than a week after the Biden administration backed immunity for the Saudi prince in the death of Jamal Khashoggi. So there's been an awful lot going on here with regard to the Biden administration's negotiations with Saudi Arabia all over the place, including in the lead up to the midterm elections when the administration asked Saudi Arabia to pump more oil and Saudi Arabia said, no, absolutely, they would not do that. Somebody's got us over a barrel. I'm not quite sure who it is. Ah, barrel. I like I like the pun Mm. over a barrel full of oil, perhaps. Mm -hmm. No, that's obviously what's going on here. So at first we were looking at this as a because here's what we do. Okay, on Human Events Daily, one thing that we do that a lot of other shows aren't going to give you is that we interpret everything that happens geopolitically through the lens of great power politics. So we're not going to give you the moralizing of, oh my gosh, how could you? It's so blue pill. I've seen blue pill takes all over the place and people say, how could you release the merchant of death? Uh, you just, this is a bad guy. He does bad things. The United States never should have lived. It's like, guys, come on. The United States funded the Mujahideen. The United States funded the opposition in Syria that turned into ISIS. The United States was running guns in Benghazi. The United States, had our intelligence services have ties to the, the certain Mexican cartels. We had Darren Beatty on talking about, just cut the crap. Okay, just cut the crap. I'm not playing, I'm not here to play that game because people are not listening to this show for the one-on-one one level take. We're gonna talk about what's actually going on behind the scenes. And I think this Saudi announcement is a pretty good indication that there were, a, to your point, Libby, there were some barrels involved in this deal. Oh, there were definitely some barrels. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's about right. And I do think it's important to look at, um, look at all of these things through the lens of power and which power benefits from what moves that are being made on an international scale. Uh, we have so many people coming at us, you know, with these moral pronouncements about how, you know, we're talking about um, the Griner story as well. And we're, you know, there's all of these moral pronouncements, assuming that the United States is always on the values high ground. And we are not. And I think it would behoove us to take a look at our position and perhaps restructure what we mean by values in terms of what is best for the United States 
And what does that mean? And what are we willing to sacrifice in order to, um, you know, gain what the U.S. needs? I think these are important questions. Well, and, and not only that, and it just has to be said that this isn't just, and we're going to, we're actually going to continue this discussion after the break, because this is also about the petrodollar. Remember, what mm-hmm. do the Saudis, the Chinese and the Russians hold in their hands, not just oil, but also the power of the use of the U.S. dollar. And don't think for a second that Xi Jinping's massive meeting in Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia, was with a huge military show of force, was not done as a message. To Washington. But friends, every day we hear about the next big crisis. Well, what's new? Now, the UN World Food Program is openly warning of major trouble ahead. They say because of problems like conflicts and supply chain issues, the world is facing food shortages of unprecedented proportions, the worst in modern history. You can't ignore this anymore. If you don't protect your family with a supply of emergency food, you're taking an unacceptable risk. Thankfully, right now, you can stock up and save $100 on four-week emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. These kits are packed with a variety of delicious breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories a day for strength and energy. Get at least one kit per person in your family. It's the best Christmas gift you could give. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save $100 on your family's four-week emergency food kits. When the world falls apart, you'll be glad to have this food. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today, MyPatriotSupply.com. And we're back. We're here with Libby Emmons of the Post Millennial interpreting through the lens of great power politics this deal that was, by the way, constructed between the Biden administration, the Saudis, and the Russians. And I'll tell you something right now. This is more than just oil because oil is only one layer of it. This is also about the petrodollar. What is the petrodollar? The petrodollar is the fact, because I, I keep hearing people every time I bring this up, and I, I, I know there's some people in the audience that know very well what it is, but there's other people who don't realize that the system, the world financial system, and that's why we have to go through it and explain what's going on here. Because the Saudis hold the value of the US dollar in their own hands. That's why the fact that they're making overtures to the Chinese Communist Party while sitting down, right? Sitting down with Xi Xi Jinping is in Riyadh right now as the Saudis are making this statement. Do you get it? Do you understand it? They know that they could tank the US dollar overnight if they announce that they're gonna be taking all of the world's oil sales off of the US dollar or all of their oil sales, their sales too, because they're the number one supplier to China. Uh, they are one of the number one suppliers to Europe. They supply to us. They're all over the place in terms of oil shipments. And we, of course, are trying to get them to pump more. Of this, or, and I say we, I mean the Biden administration here, because they refuse to allow domestic production, uh, production. But the point is, they could tank the U.S. dollar overnight if they wanted to, and they know it. So then Russia comes in and Russia gets their arms dealer back at a time when the United States is shipping millions of small arms to Eastern Europe. They're flooding the Eastern European market with small arms right now. 
the world's biggest arms dealer after the CIA gets released. He's known specifically for operating in that area in the post-Soviet years. Now there's a huge new glut of these weapons on the market. This guy's going to clean up. The Russians, of course, want him back so they can plug him in to uh, their the next phase of their plans in Ukraine. And they distracted all of you by getting you to talk about a WNBA basketball player rather than focus on what's actually going on on the world stage. Libby Evans. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. It's uh, it's sort of terrifying the amount of power that these other countries hold over our ability to, you know, feed ourselves and heat our homes and um, get antibiotics for our children and all sorts of other things. We really opened ourselves up to a lot of um, a lot of vulnerability globally. And I think that in a lot of ways, it's time to bring manufacturing back home. It's time to uh, become energy independent again. There's no reason we shouldn't be. Um, there's no reason to give in to these green lobbyists who, uh, you know, their technology isn't even that effective. So that's an issue as well. Um, yeah. And I think as we look at this and we look at this prisoner swap and it's all playing on everybody's heartstrings and everyone's glad that one prisoner is home and other people are angry that a veteran is, is left overseas to rot in a Russian prison. Um, you know, it's, it's very, it's very easy to overlook the machinations that are happening behind the scenes. And it's really important to pull that out and to understand what's going on. We look at uh, the U.S. Well, is sending is, weapons to Ukraine and here. we also sell weapons to Saudi Arabia and then they turn around and sell them to the Russians. So, yeah, that's on the I mean, the the world arms market. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. you should. It's best looked at as a competition between the U.S., Russia. Uh, now China's getting in on it and North Korea, too, actually. So mm -hmm. like if, you, if you're a country, by the way, if you're some small African nation, you can't afford uh, American or Russian equipment, then you go to Chinese. And if you still can't afford that, then you're going with the North Korean stuff is basically how <laughs> it goes. That's, you know, made in, n nobody wants the made in North Korea army, you know, the made in North Korea uh, AK-47s. But but one question, I guess you could say, is does this open the door possibly for U.S. negotiations, further negotiations with Russia? Because another thing that we do talk about here is de-escalation vis-a-vis this two-front world, the Mearsheimer warning, okay? And I think I don't think anybody other than uh, Human Events has really talked about the Mearsheimer warning and the importance of mm -hmm. it, the fact that we are facing a potential two-front global conflict if we continue escalating, number one, our proxy war with Russia that we are currently in, a hot proxy war with mm -hmm. Russia, and then That's number correct. two, continue escalating with China, uh, which, as I've said for 15 years, is that we are on a collision course with China. And I have not seen anyone other than uh, Donald Trump try to de-escalate things there and actually call for peace and understand that you need to decouple our economies in order to mm -hmm. de-escalate things there because we are the ones that are building up the Chinese war machine, us. Yes, and who do you fully. think they're going to target it at? Now, people say, oh, they would never do that because, um, you know, because we're, not? We're, their, we're their, because we're their consumers, that we're their market. But my point is, um, it's not going to start with an attack on the United States. Um, don't get me wrong. I love John Milius, but the, the Red Dawn scenario would be very hard to work because you're just not going to get a massive army from uh, China or Russia, for that matter, into Mexico without us noticing. Right. It's just not going right, to work. Right. Yeah. Um, but an attack on Taiwan, an attack on 
uh, they already took Hong Korea, Kong. South Korea. I mean, yeah, I think that's much more likely to kick off something. Yeah. And I also think that it's important to look at it, you know, when we talk about potential peace negotiations with Russia over the Ukraine situation, you know, we really have to realize that in this case, from my view, anyway, we're coming at this from a much weaker position, we already capitulate to what they want. So by the time we get to the table, our position is already lesser than it would have been had we not capitulated in the first place. There's no value in going to the table and saying, hey, I made some, you know, I, I made some considerations uh, for your side. So now make considerations for my side, because by then you've already given up more than you maybe would have had to give up at the negotiating, negotiating table anyway. And you're certainly already behind the game there. So I do think that, um, you know, this prisoner swap is is gives us a position of weakness. And, uh, you know, that's really too bad that we played it that way. The real question, I guess the real question is, how would Captain Cisco handle this one? Would Captain Cisco just go in there guns blazing and say, no, we're not going to take that for an answer. We're getting all Americans out. Yeah, he totally would. He'd start with negotiations and behind the scenes, he would have stuff going on so that, you know, he would get those people out. And if he had to sacrifice a little bit here and there or play some Kardashian, Kardashian dirty dealing to you get it done, Kardashian. he would do that. I caught you on that. You I almost, almost did. Totally I know, but it's Kardashian. Really it really is the yeah. same thing. Keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> I, would, I would totally watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I would totally watch with, this, with the spoon on the oh head. Oh, my goodness. Yes. You know, yes. You know, and I, the I, Balenciaga. I want to know the evolutionary reason for involving a spoon on your head, by the way, in Cardassia. Right. I think it's just we'll, we'll, so that we'll, the Bajorans could but, say. But at the same, but the problem is, of course, that. we don't have Cardassian or Vulcan negotiators. We have Cardassian negotiators. <laughs> right. And they're the worst. They're the absolute worst. Come right back, Libby Emmons. That's a video from my hometown. That's Narstown High School. And Libby, I don't know if you know this, but my family, when we arrived from Poland, uh, we settled in Narstown just outside Philadelphia. And my family was the one that left that town because, and I mean, you can see the reason right there. It, 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 was, it was getting crazy. It was getting absolutely crazy, uh, violent, chaotic, uh, the crime, was rising all throughout the 90s. We got out towards the end of the 90s, uh, moved a couple of miles away. And, you know, Libby, you and I are both both from the Northeast in, in terms of the country. And when we look at what's going on, these social trends, these cultural trends, it's, it's what I want people to understand is that's in the suburbs, right? Mm -hmm. it, this stuff is spilling out into the suburbs. It's building out into small towns. It's becoming a problem for people, regardless of where you are, people would say, oh, that, you know, that's some, that's some school, high school, you know, in the inner city. No, it's not. It's actually not. Um, and why are our schools so violent and horrible, Libby? <laughs> why are they so violent and horrible? Um, I think that schools really took a downturn when they started implementing ideas of relativism across the board, saying that every idea every moral framework is equivalent to any other moral framework that any religion is absolutely equivalent to any other that not having a religion is equivalent um, we teach kids that whatever they desire is what is correct 
We teach them that the only thing that matters is making money in the world. We teach them, you know, we try and teach them to be manageable as opposed to be thinkers and doers and um, people who invent things. So we're doing our kids a disservice and they are paying us back by turning into uh, crazy people with absolutely no direction or understanding about the difference between right and wrong. We've seen in recent reports out from Project Veritas just yesterday, a private school in Chicago. I mean, this is not even localized to necessarily public schools, um, but a private school in Chicago had a dean that brought in an, an LGBTQ health person to literally teach the children about queer sex. He is quoted as discussing, uh, saying that there were discussions with the students about the difference between spit and lube. Um, about dildos and butt plugs. So this stuff is going on in schools. In public schools, we have a lot of fights. Uh, my son comes home from school and tells me that his teacher kept his class late after the bell a couple of times. You know, this happens periodically because there's fights in the hall and the teacher doesn't want to release the kids into the hall where there's fights going on. He tells me about fights at lunch. Uh, Yesterday, we had a bunch of cupcakes and I said, hey, do you want to take a cupcake in for lunch dessert at school today just as a special thing? And he said, no, it's probably just going to get stolen. Um, you know, this it's madness in these schools. They're not educating our kids properly. Uh, they're not teaching them the difference between right and wrong in large part because the teachers and the administrators don't know the difference between right and wrong. They think teaching them really inappropriate things well, it's, is it's, uh, the, progressive the to, to mm -hmm. what you're saying there is with, with relativism, the idea that all ideas are equal and all ideas are good is that you actually lose standards. So there's no standards. Yes, 100%. So you can't and you lose your ability to make and say you have a standard because, if, all, if all ideas mm -hmm. are good because there's no yeah, way to and, judge anything. And you can't make any judgments because you have no. absolutely no basis upon which to make the, to make the judgments. Uh, when I was teaching CCD uh, for a couple of years, I was always trying to instill in the kids, this is your moral baseline. When you have decisions to make, bounce those decisions off the moral baseline, and then you're going to know what's right and wrong. Use God's teaching. It's not bad teaching just because, you know, it's Christian and everybody likes to hate Christians now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I actually, there's no reason for that. Well, there, yeah, there, there, there are two pieces of that. You know, it's that if there's if there is any any religion that, that the world hates, then, then surely, surely that one is probably the right one. Um, that also, I, I actually believe that, and certainly something I've, I've gotten to understand more as I've gotten older is that things that are considered sinful are also bad for you are also negative. They also yes. negatively impact your life. So not only should you not do them because of the moral baseline, but the moral baseline is there because of natural law and because mm -hmm. of natural morality that follows through with it. And so when we're, we're you, you can say, oh, well, well, oh, that just comes from some old book. And I say, well, well but but it's right. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, it actually if you use this, you know, what is it? B.I.B.L.E. Right. The basic instructions before leaving Earth. <laughs> right. Right. And when you look at it, too, um, my son and I were recently talking about some people in his school were saying uh, that you're fat phobic, you know, if you're telling people to eat healthy. And we've seen this from school districts coming out with you're fat phobic. You tell people to eat healthy. And I was talking to my son, you know, about what the seven deadly sins are. And gluttony is on that list. It's not mm -hmm. fat phobic. 
it's an attempt to try and be healthy. If you're gluttonous, you're going to be fat and have trouble moving and whoa, have whoa, a heart whoa, attack Libby, and have Libby, clogged arteries. Hold on, you're going to be in trouble now things. because what's another? What's that? What's that P word on the seven deadly sins again? Which one? Which P word? The P word. The word that starts with P is in Papa. Oh, that's the word pride. Pride is pride. one of the seven deadly sins. Oh yeah, I actually. The pride is a sin, and so when I hear son. pride parade, that conflicts yeah. with my my Catholic upbringing because no, wait, you guys said pride is one of the greatest sins out there. So that parade, okay, fine. Your parades are great. We love parades and processions. Obviously, you know. Everyone needs a bread and circus. But you know, yeah, but, the view but recently pride, was like, <laughs> that's a sin. Yeah. That's like, it's this like, is like pride, when the views, sunny, exactly. The view sunny Hoffman came out and said, Jesus would be heading the pride parade. And I was thinking, no, and I think we no, write about this. I was like, Jesus not. would be like, also, what do you, what do you mean sloth, wrath, greed, Which and by the way, communism is just envy. That's not... political ideology. Yeah, right. Wait, I'm going to say that again so we get clean audio. Communism is just envy as a political ideology. Yeah, and then you feel bad about everything, including yourself yeah, and actually, everything else. I, I should tweet that. Communism is just all of the seven. Do you want to just do you want to take a minute? Just do it right now while we're on air. Or do you no, like... I, well, I'll do it right. We're only a couple <laughs> seconds left. By the way, America Best um, coming up. Everyone's going to love it. You coming out, right, Libby? Uh, yeah, I'm totally going to be there. I even bought a new dress because that's what I always do. You bought do. a new dress. I bought a new dress. I love buying new dresses. Wait, should Tanya, like, Tanya's yeah. going to buy a new dress. This is going to be one of those things where, so we've got you the house. You know what? Me and Tanya should year. get a picture in our you new totally dress. You totally should. Well, because you weren't at Mine SAS, is ridiculous. I totally you. But you yeah. weren't at SAS. I wasn't at SAS. I had a family no, reunion. I had a legit family Tanya shows reunion. Up with, Tanya shows up and she's like, she's like, oh, do you like my new dress? And I'm like, you have, you have a new dress apparently. <laughs> that is, I, just, they just kind of appear. They, you know, they, uh, uh, spontaneous, um, oh, come on. We get so little joy. It's fun to buy a new so dress. little joy. Libby Emmons, where yeah. can people follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Libby Emmons and you can check out everything we're doing at the postmillennial.com. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.